Welcome to another episode of Point Me to Jesus. It is my pleasure to introduce you today to Trudy Kathy White. Trudy is a wife, she's a mother, she's a grandmother, she's the daughter of Truett and Jeanette Kathy, founders of our favorite Chick-fil-A, and I'm sure yours too. Trudy loves the Lord Jesus with all of her heart. She is an author, she's a leader, she's an entrepreneur, she's a teacher. The list goes on and on and on, but she truly desires her life to shine the spotlight on the King of Kings, her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Trudy, welcome to the show this morning. Well, thank you, Tara. What a joy to be here with you. Oh, it's just a joy and delight to have you. Trudy, your latest book is called A Quiet Strength. And honestly, as I was reading, I think your book reveals exactly who King Lemuel's mom talks about in Proverbs 31. And that very well may be your mom, Jeanette Cathy, uh, beautifully written, just such a wonderful memoir. Of all the wonderful must-read anecdotes from this record of your mom's life, what would you say stands out as your favorite? Oh, well, Tara, there are so many um, in this book, A Quiet Strength, but I, I can allude to one that was a real lesson for me. I, I remember our daughter came down with chicken pox, and so I talk about in the story that I called my mom and said, we're going to have to cancel the birthday party, and in true Jeanette Kathy form, my mom said, no, we're going to have the party anyway. We'll tell everybody, and they could come if they want to, and my mom met us at the door with her red lipstick. And everybody at the party had on chicken pox. She put them on everybody's face to be able to enjoy. And I, I, I love that story, mainly because I realized that my mother built her life around the things that really mattered. And she decided long, long time ago that all of us in our decision-making process get to decide how we respond to things. Yeah. We can either respond and be bitter or we can respond and be better. And I think the story in my book, Tara, that, that lays the groundwork for all of the other stories is just my mom's faith story. It's such a beautiful story. My mother was, um, was an only child, and she was raised by a single mother because her earthly father walked out on her when she was a baby in arms, so she never, ever knew her earthly father. But when she was about five, almost six, someone introduced her to her heavenly father and let her know that there was a father that would care for her for the rest of the life, her life and that he would be a perfect father for her. And when she embraced that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I mean, that was the foundation on which she built her life. And that is really her walk with the Lord has been so influential in our own family and really even in our family business. So I think it's Rick Warren that says it best when he says that, you know, we're products of our past, but we don't have to be prisoners of it. And you know, there may be people today listening and realizing, you know, you get to react to your external circumstances and the way you react will impact your internal street. So we do have an opportunity to choose how we respond. And when my mom responded so positively to, to all the stories you'll read actually in, uh, in this book, it really points us all back to where that inner street comes from in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Oh, it really does. And, and her impact and influence on you is just so evident, Trudy. And one of my most beloved personal stories about your life is the genesis of yours and John's relationship. Can you tell our audience a little bit about that? 
Well, we did have a unique way to be able to meet up. Actually, um, I was 19 years old. My dad had offered me the opportunity to take a pause from school. I had just finished my freshman year at Sanford University, by the way, and I was talking with my dad. He said, we need a Chick-fil-A operator. We were opening a second store in Birmingham at Century Plaza Mall. And I told him I didn't know anybody else that could operate it, but I would be happy to help them. And so thinking as a 19-year-old, I could take on the whole world, I stepped in as the youngest operator ever for our chain of Chick-fil-A. And, you know, now on the flip side, as a parent, having raised four children, I'm thinking, I don't know what my parents were thinking to turn a restaurant over to me when I was 19 years old. But anyway, that's the way it went. And I began to hire team members to work in this uh, particular restaurant. And one day a young gentleman came in that was from Samford University going to school there, but I had not met him before. He filled out an application and my first thought was, I'm going to hire this guy. Yeah. Not because I knew, I didn't know his name, I didn't know anything about him, but he was good looking. <laughs> and I guess as a 19 year old, that was my judgment to how to hire people or not. And so I hired this young man named John White. He came to work for me and the more time we spent together working, uh, the more I began to um, see myself kind of falling in love with him. I was very attracted to him. I saw how he interacted with customers and with children. He could mop the floors. He could, scream, he could scrub the toilets really well. He worked hard in the kitchen. He was just a hard worker and there were so many things about him that was attractive, attractive to me. But uh, the clincher was, I knew he was going to class meeting other girls, and I was a bit worried about that. I was wearing a uniform every day, not so very attractive. I smelled like chicken all the time, and <laughs> I thought, I don't know, some girl's going to come along and sweep him off his feet. I'll never see him again. And I realized I actually was his boss. Yeah. I was making out his work schedule, and <laughs> I knew that he didn't have to be free on Friday or Saturday nights to go out with anybody. <gasps> So I, um, you know, my strategy kind of worked. <laughs> yeah. I've been married now for 43 years, and there are a lot of wonderful things that we get to enjoy as a part of uh, Chick-fil-A that we all get to enjoy. But for me particularly, it was great to find my lifelong partner in that adventure. And what an incredible partner in ministry, too. Uh, for sure. Because Trudy, y'all, and I'm not sure how soon after you got married, but I do know that y'all went from the ministry of serving sweet tea and chicken sandwiches uh, stateside to um, joining the International Mission Board. Mm -hmm. And I believe you worked there together as partners for 20 years and then 10 of those as missionaries in Brazil, if I'm correct. That's correct. Can you tell us a little bit how the Lord uh, deepened your dependency on him um, in that South American country? Well, certainly, I, you know, when you travel abroad, you begin to get a new perspective on different cultures. Uh, you're exposed to different foods, different smells. Uh, the adjustment was difficult for us, although we had a really strong sense of calling. God had prompted in our heart to go and help people in need and share about his love in other places. Uh, but I think particularly the, the idea of trying to learn a new language was especially hard uh, for me, I remember specifically kind of depending on my, my daughter to help me now. Our daughter was four and our son was two at the time. And, you know, while as an adult, it's very difficult to learn a new language, but children pick up languages very easily. And I recognize that my four-year-old daughter was understanding words long before I was, and she actually could pronounce them better than I could. And so I often would take her with me and ask her to help me to pronounce words that I couldn't remember or that I didn't know yet how to say. 
but one particular time we were shopping together and I asked her for a word that I needed to say and she told me and I said it to the Brazilian lady, but the lady looked confused. And we did this a couple of times and then the third time I kind of looked back at my daughter and she was just laughing her head off. And I realized that Joy, as a four-year-old, had decided she could make up anything and she knew mother would repeat it. And so she wasn't speaking Portuguese at all. And I was really, really upset with her. But God used this moment, even though it was really, really difficult. I remember I, I took her home. I put her in her room for time out. I went to my bedroom and I, I literally cried before the Lord. And I, I told God, I said, God, my daughter has turned her back on me. She's not helping me with the language. And I, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I cannot do this. I just want you to know, I think you've made a mistake to send us to another country because I cannot learn this language. I just can't do this. And when I paused for just a moment, although I've never heard an audible voice from the Lord, there was a, there was a message within me that I knew came directly from the Lord that said, Trudy, this is the way I want you to live your life all the time. I want you to depend on me. I don't want you to depend on the circumstances. I don't want you to depend on your children. I want you to depend exclusively on me. And of course, we are all probably very familiar with the verse that says in Philippians, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so I guess of all the things I learned during our time of, of living in that country of Brazil was recognizing the fact that my dependency has to be on the Lord to accomplish anything that he's asked me to do. Amen. And I'm sure you found that in marriage as well, Trudy. What would you say is the best piece of uh, marital advice that your mom, Jeanette, gave you? Oh, she gave me such good advice. I, I, I would think before advice was just her example of how she she lived you know I remind parents a lot of times I say don't worry if your children aren't listening to you yeah. but might be concerned that they're watching you all the time right. and so Amen. my mother lived a beautiful example before me of what it looks like to have a, a healthy growing marriage and that marriage is something you have to work at all the time whether you've been married for one year or a hundred years it just it, marriage takes a, a lot of work but I, I, I remember specifically when John and I got married, my mother pulled me aside and she told me, Trudy, now he knows how to pick up his things and do things for himself. And you need to let him continue to do that. Don't feel like you have to pick up after him for everything. And I think that was a really good piece of advice. I think my mom had come out of a generation that, you know, bent over backwards to do everything for their spouse. And she'd sometimes spoiled him. And he, my dad learned to not do a whole lot because my mother would do it for him. And so that was great advice on the front end. But Tara, let me just tell you that, right, my mother was probably 75 or 80 years old, and I had picked her up to take her to the doctor. Yeah. And my mother said, she said, Trudy, I learned something new today. I said, well, what did you learn, Mom? She says, I have learned to have no more expectations on your dad. And I was intrigued by that. And so she began to talk to me, and she said, so many times we have expectations. We just kind of desire for our spouse to do something, and they never seem to do it. From my mother's perspective, my dad was a very hard worker and he worked long hours. And I think my mother thought eventually my dad would retire, but he never did. He worked right up until the Lord took him home. And so my mother decided, I'm not going to have any more expectations of us just kind of having our own time to do some things. And I have to share your dad with everybody else. And I'm going to resolve that I won't have expectations so I can manage that just really, really well. And I think, you know, it's kind of an extreme, but I do think that's great advice because... 
when in married life, we have expectations on our spouses. And when we try to hold those expectations, um, it, it gets very difficult to manage them with one another. And so have an agreement to, to talk a lot and know what's going on in each other's life is so important. John and I have found that when we walk away and not talk with each other, that's when things just get so hard. You have to work hard at communicating. Yeah, yeah. and your mom said that at 75. So it just shows you... <laughs> the Lord kept her young at heart. I mean, every, every day she just reminded me, and you do communicate this so well in the book, just her teachable spirit, you know, that she really awakened every day with an enthusiasm to how much more the Lord was going to grow her up and himself. So what about your dad? What about marital advice from him? You know, I, I don't remember specifically um, advice from him, but I do remember when I was 13 years old walking on the beach with him, my dad did ask me, what kind of man was I going to marry? And I had not thought about that at 13. And, and it was very interesting. He gave me a challenge to pull out a piece of paper and he said, why don't you start writing down the characteristics of the type of man you think you want to spend the rest of your life with and put that before the Lord and let the Lord help you with that list. And maybe it will help you to make wise decisions when it comes to relationships with others as you begin to date. And that was very, very important to me. I still have that piece of paper and that list that I made and that was helpful. But my mom and dad often, uh, they taught young people, they 12 and 13 year old Bible study for many, many years. And the one thing my parents always wanted to drive home to not only us as children, but to the young people that they were with, they talked to them about the three most, most important decisions that any one child will ever make. Uh, I'll begin with the letter M. They said, you get to choose who your master would be. And that's a really important decision. The second is you get to choose who your mate is going to be for life. And that is incredibly important. And the third decision is you get to choose what your mission will be in life, to know what God's purpose is for you. And if you get those three right, you'll do pretty good. So my, my parents would encourage us when you're young and you feel like mom and dad tell you what to do all the time and you can't ever make your own decisions, just remember the most important decisions you will get to make. Who will be your master? Who will be your mate? And what will be your mission? Oh, fabulous words of wisdom. That is just wonderful. And truly your mom and dad exemplified so much the honoring of the fourth commandment by, by keeping the Sabbath holy. And still we see that example as we, we go along the interstate and see the, the Chick-fil-A signs and, and closed on Sunday. Can you tell us how the Kathy family honored the Sabbath? What was a typical Sunday like in your home? Yeah, well, when I was growing up, church was very, very important. We were very committed to be, um, be involved and attend a local church. And so Sunday mornings were up and at it, get out the door, mother kind of rushing around trying to get us all out the door and get to church on time. That was always a challenge. I mentioned that book because we grew up on a farm. A lot of times we'd get down the driveway and we'd find the cows out on the road. And so we'd have to put the car in reverse and go back and get all the cows in before we could get to church and we would be a little late. But church was a, a big commitment for our family. We would go there when we were little. We'd come home and have lunch around the table. As we got a little older, mom and dad enjoyed being able to take us out for lunch. And the one day my mom wouldn't have to cook. And then typically Sunday afternoons were very low key and restful. My dad almost always took a nap 
while he was watching the Falcons play, uh, watching, you know, and um, he would fall asleep. And usually when he'd get up, we always looked forward to getting outside and playing if the weather was nice. And we had a few horses here on our, our farm and we would uh, ride horses together until the sun would go down. And then we usually were back in church in the evening. Uh, in those days when I was growing up, there were very active churches and a lot of things going on. It's when the youth really loved to be together. And after church, almost every Sunday, the young people would come to our house, our mom and dad's house, and we would get to hang out kind of for a youth social together. So Sundays were really very focused on family and, and our faith and spending time with, with other believers in Christ to be able to encourage one another. Yeah, I can't, when you said you, you had to put the cows up, Trudy, I just, you know, I can only envision the cows standing at y'all's fence with signs or something. You are the epitome of a Christian influencer, but you do not pose with a product. You actually roll up your sleeves and serve the Lord Jesus Christ in such beautiful ways. Can you tell us about your ministries, especially the ones that you and John started LifeShape and the uh, Impact 360 Institute? The LifeShape is really trying to connect operators, our Chick-fil-A operators, with opportunities around the world, uh, using their own time and their, their skill, the resources they have to really develop leadership principles that we use right now in all of our restaurants, which um, is built around a very much a biblical principle of going the second mile and learning that uh, to lead uh, means to learn how to serve and serve really well. So we enjoy um, connecting with our operators and making a difference around the world uh, to be able to help other businesses uh, and other nonprofits in their organizations as well. But John and I have had a real passion for this next generation and how to invest in them. So we opened up Impact 360, which is really a nine-month um, gap year, so to speak, for, for young people just before they go to college to get them kind of grounded in God's word and we are there to help cultivate leaders who are already following Jesus, but just get them firm and ready before they head off to college. We focus on three areas or three pillars, I guess you would say maybe in this particular ministry, we help young people to, to know their God really well in an intimate way. We help them to be transformed in their character and what God has taught them. And then we try to help them understand that they need to be challenged to live out uh, a spirit-filled life that is packed with opportunity to be able to be influencers uh, in the world. So we love investing in this next generation and how encouraging it is to see so many young people who are uh, so committed to following the Lord and they're resilient uh, in their faith. So we just want to empower them that much more as they spend time with us at Impact 360. And we're so grateful for that. Trudy, if you could pick one hero of the faith from God's word, uh, who would you pick and why? Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a tough question. I, I work with kindergarten through fifth graders at our church. I kind of coordinate our ministry to children uh, as a volunteer. And right now we are, we are in the Old Testament and we've been looking at different characters. And so uh, this was kind of fresh on my mind, the, the story of Queen Esther and let me tell you why I just um, appreciate what I've learned as I've studied about her life is the fact that, you know, she's the one that had the courage to go to the king and uh, she went in a sense of confidence that God would protect her because she went to help her people. And I just, this idea of somebody having courage and at the same time, a sense of confidence is really, it's really impactful for me and helpful for me because, you know, 
there's many commands in the Bible that tell us that we're to be strong and that we're to be courageous. I think there's a verse that's in Joshua 1.9 that talks about the fact that don't be afraid, don't be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And what a wonderful promise for all of us to realize, not only was Queen Esther an example for us of that, but the season that we're all living in right now, just to be reminded, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged. And why should we not be discouraged? Because the Lord, our God, is with us. And what a comfort that is for me. I have to be reminded that almost daily uh, to remember that that comfort and peace and strength comes from um, my relationship with Christ and depending on him for who he is. Yes, what a great promise uh, and assurance, especially during this time with, with the COVID pandemic. So thank you for that encouragement. And Trudy, I think I would be remiss if, if I did not ask you in closing, uh, when you go through that wonderful drive-through at Chick-fil-A, what your order might be. You know, my, my favorite go-to, particularly if it's a morning time, which is usually when I'm going through the drive-thru, is the four-count chicken mini with sweet tea. I just kind of feel like I'm a Southern girl, and those things just go right together. I, I love them. Of course, you can never overlook the signature sandwich, the uh, Chick-fil-A. If I get a Chick-fil-A sandwich, I get it with extra pickles because I love a little taste of that pickle with, with, with every, every bite. Absolutely. You don't need any of the sauces. Your sauces are great, but your chicken's so good. You know. I'm with you. I'm with you. They're, they're just the added thing, but I, I, I do, I'm a no sauce girl. Oh, and I could hardly wait for the peppermint milkshake too. I'm excited. About that. <laughs> well, viewers and listeners, y'all have truly been blessed by a woman of faith and character and dignity, a woman who is taking the baton passed from her precious mom and dad, Truett, and Jeanette Cathy, and not dropping that baton, but passing it on to the next generations through her amazing work uh, with projects, but also most especially within her own church home. You did hear that, that uh, Trudy is very involved with, uh, with her home church, and I challenge you to do the same, even during this pandemic where many congregations are, are not being able to to meet um, in large gatherings as we once did. Some of us are blessed to do that, but some are not. But just the creative ways that you can encourage uh, through examples and ministries that Truett and uh, Jeanette have left through Chick-fil-A and that Trudy are carrying on to completion. And we're so grateful for your intention to finish strong, uh, Trudy. And thank you for the example you are to us as well as to your children and your grandchildren and the generations after you. We love you and we're so appreciative of a real godly legacy that your company uh, uncompromisingly stands upon and we're just grateful. Now, I appreciate that so much, Tara, and thank you for your ministry as well. I like to remind people that we often talk about leaving a legacy, but we actually, um, the legacy that we're going to leave is the life we're living right now and the choices that we're making. So I know that your ministry is an encouragement to all the listeners. Amen. Thank you so much. I love you, Trudy. Thank you now. Have a great day. You Be too. blessed.